Alright, welcome to the Extra Point, our very first episode. My name's Wes. With me is Bobby. How you doing, Bobby? I'm doing good, Wes. How are you? Glad hey, to man. Be on. Yeah, I'm glad. First episode, man. We finally got here. You know, it's been something we've talked about for a while. We wanted to do, and now uh, here we are podcasting. Couldn't so, be more excited. Absolutely. So the first episode today, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft. Um, we're going to do our first picks, uh, 1 through 10 today. Uh, talk a little bit about free agency. Uh, we're also going to have Robbie Golding joining us later via phone. Um, but a little bit behind the, uh, the podcast itself, uh, the extra point, something we just came up with not too long ago. Uh, myself, I played football growing up in high school, um, lived up in Virginia, moved down here to Florida, really interested in the Jags, big time Jags fan. Um, I love all sports. Um, of course we'll focus on football for now. Um, Bobby, I met you up in the DMV area as well. For those that don't know, uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia, Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So Wes and I met, um, doing restaurant management up in Northern Virginia. I was born and raised uh, in Northern Virginia, moved down to Florida here five years ago, played football pretty much my whole life up until college. And um, now I currently coach football at the local high school, defensive line coach for Flatwood Palm Coast High School. And um, definitely a big football guy, Dallas Cowboys fan and uh, Washington Huskies fan. I'm assuming here down the road we'll be doing some college football talk as well. We most certainly will be. Um, you can follow us, by the way, on a couple different sites. We're starting everything up right now, kind of new. You can follow us on Twitter, though, at Extra Point, or you can follow us on Facebook at The Extra Point as well. Um, we'll be coming out with a lot of material on there, sharing information from top sources, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, and others. Um, we'll also be talking our mock draft. Today we'll be having our mock draft one through five picks coming out on there. Um, of course, if you're tuning into the podcast, you're going to get a little extra. You'll hear the first 10 today. Yep. Um, but for now, online, we're going to do the pe- picks one through five. You'll get those from myself. Uh, Bobby, you can reach us at our Twitter handles, uh, WesM28. With Bobby, it's? Uh, roads 43 R-H-O-A-D-S-4-3. Fantastic. All right, let's get going here. I don't think they want to hear about us anymore. Let's talk about draft. Um, so first pick of the draft, it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals on the clock. And on the clock, who do you have them taking first? You know, I got Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma. Um, pretty much the consensus pick that everybody has, I would assume. You know, they're, uh, they're looking for a quarterback, even though they got a little Drew Rosen. They're still looking for a quarterback in this quarterback-driven league. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is definitely going to want to have an athlete back there. And there's your athlete right there, Kyler Murray. Absolutely. Great athlete. Height's a little bit of a question. But I think he pan out right at six foot, but great speed. They're hoping he could be the next Russell Wilson. Yeah, and I was going to say that, you know, you talked about it before we started recording, you know, the next Russell Wilson. And I think a lot of people can let the height slide because he can become elusive inside the pocket. They can lose track of him very quick with those big interior linemen, um, I'd be a defense or offense. Either way, they're going to get lost, or he's going to get lost, excuse me, and that's when he's going to find options. And it's going to be up to the O.C., to find lanes or create lanes for him to get those passes down the field. Now, it's nice coming into the league having an all-star with uh, Larry Fitzgerald out there. Absolutely. Great mentor out of Pitt. Um, I mean, probably the greatest guy you could ever talk to from what I know. I haven't oh. met him personally, but I, I can see nothing but great things from him. And, you know, like you said, Wes, quarterback right there, if there's uh, nothing open, he can tuck in and run it and make plays outside the pocket. Yeah, it's a great pick. It's a sexy pick. I think it's a no-brainer. And then that leaves, you know, Josh Rosen. Of course, you know, he's the starting quarterback. He was drafted last year. Um, UCLA um, had an up-and-down year all season. Of course, didn't have a lot to work with. David Johnson was down. Um, wasn't the most prolific running back like we've seen in the past. Uh, my fantasy team definitely struggled because of it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, 
Yeah, I agree with Rosen. You know, me being a Pac-12 guy, I really wasn't even sold on him when he was at UCLA. So, uh, but like I said, being a quarterback-driven league, you're definitely going to have some takers out there. Could be a draft aid trade, you know, with the Redskins, or like you said, you know, Tampa Bay might be in the market for a quarterback now with Jameis Winston, kind of uh, up and down. So. Yeah, and you know, you could, and he doesn't have to necessarily go to another place and start, in my opinion, either. There's a lot of other teams he could go to. Um, I mean, he could go to a place like the Raiders, where they've obviously expressed interest in moving on from Carr. Mm -hmm. uh, Gruden said that he's his guy, um, but it's shown differently in the news. I don't think he would go over there and be an immediate starter, but I think he would be an auxiliary plan and a, and a reason to create some competition in the locker room. Absolutely, or even you know something crazy like the Giants, maybe yep. even wanting to make a move from him if they're not going to, you know, go Dwayne Haskins early. If they want to, you know, they got so many needs they have to fill right now from this crazy offseason. Yeah, you never know. There's just endless possibilities. And, you know, thinking about it, there's another team I, I really didn't talk about or I haven't really wrote about, but uh, New England. Yeah. New England. Yeah. Got I mean, Tom Brady uh, playing for another three years, he says, till yeah. 445. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, they'll get a quarterback in there for when he retires at 54. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we'll see uh, We'll see what happens with them. It's definitely going to be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, moving on to number two. Um, number two team is going to be San Francisco, and I have them taking who I think is arguably the best player in the draft overall, and that's going to be Nick Bosa, the edge rusher out of Ohio State. Um, big, massive guy, just like his brother, quick off the line. Love great, line. Yep, absolutely. Great technique, great hand movement, quick speed, quick off the snap. Um, I mean, I, I can't see them going anywhere else. I know they're shopping Solomon Thomas as well. Um, you've got Jimmy G on the offense coming back. Um, he's definitely going to be big with them. And if you don't need a quarterback, you need an edge rusher. Ain't that right? In, in this league, being a quarterback league, you got to get to the quarterback. And my number two pick as well is uh, Nick Bosa as well. Yep. He's a, uh, you know, so uh, they got a new defensive coordinator now. It used to be the Jags linebacker coach, Nick Saleh. Right. And uh, they run a 4-3 defense. And um, he used to be the Seahawks. So he has a very, he used to be the Seahawks defensive coordinator. So they're a very aggressive defense. And Nick Bosa is that guy. Nick Bosa is that guy. Now, do you think it's going to be hard for them to incorporate him into this defense, or do you think he's just an immediate plug-and-play? I mean, at number two, he should be. Yeah, he's an immediate plug-and-play. You know, the only question I have about Nick Bosa is his durability. You know, he had some issues at Ohio State with injuries, but um, yeah. As, other than that, he's a physical freak, and uh, I think they'd be a great addition. Yeah. yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see what he does. I, I'm wondering if he's going to take the league by storm like his brother did. Uh, I think he will. I think he'll be great in that division. Um, that's a division that's that you know does not have a lot of great offensive linemen out there. Um, I think he's going to be great. I do. Yeah, I do too. All I right. Uh, give us your number three pick. All right. My number three pick for the Jets is Josh Allen, edge rusher out of Kentucky. Yep. I really like this guy, Wes. He's a tall, lanky kid, SEC ball player. You know, he doesn't have that much power, but he makes up with his frame. Uh, I watched him a bunch over at Kentucky, and uh, he's you know he's just a playmaker. And right now the Jets, they're they're in need of a playmaker on that defensive side of the ball. So absolutely, I mean you have Leonard Williams up front as well, which is going to be a good compliment, I think. You Local know, boy Daytona Beach, correct? High correct. School. Yeah. Absolutely. You know those guys are going to work really good together. Um, you pick up C.J. Mosley on the defense. You've now got a veteran leader on that defense, which yep. I think is big for them. They haven't that really had big anything like up, that. Huge pickup. Absolutely. And then on the offensive side, uh, you get Jameson Crowder um, mm -hmm. with Quincy Nuanua. Um, so how do you think? How do you think those two guys are going to work together with uh, with Sam Darnold? I think it'll be okay. I mean, Jamison Crowder, you know, former Redskins player. He's a good slot receiver, made some plays. They're definitely going to have some learning curves um, with Sam Darnold still being young. 
But uh, and I think in the future, they're going to have a decent connection. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Um, we're moving on to number four. We're talking pre-draft, uh, mock draft, here with Bobby, myself, Wes, here on the Extra Point. Um, Buccaneers. Or I'm, I'm sorry, we said, did we say Buccaneers? Or no, we, we on got the Raiders. Raiders. Raiders we were on the Raiders. Um, on the Raiders, I think this was our first disagreement, correct? Or did we agree on this one? I don't one? know. I, um, think, I think we agreed. Uh, Quinn and Williams, right? Yeah, we did. Yep. I promise you guys, we did not do this to mock draft together. <laughs> no, this is uh, completely separated. Didn't know what we were going to pick and ended up with... Uh, very similar picks starting out, but Quentin Williams out of Bama, big defensive man, can push that offensive line back and Freak. get absolutely rare talent. 6'3", 303 pounds, ran a four eight seven forty, very violent swim move in a club. Always a guy that's double teamed. Always seems to break through that double team. You're talking about a ten year player with that pick. Oh, absolutely. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, you know. With the Raiders, it seems like they're pretty quick to move on from defensive talent, uh, yeah, especially yeah. generational talent. Absolutely, uh, you absolutely. Know, but PFF ranked that as one of the top trades last year, moving Khalil Mack out. Uh, do you agree with that? Uh, no, I don't agree with it. Khalil Mack's, uh, you know, once-in-generation type football player right there. Uh, Bears definitely won on that. Um, I mean, look what he did when he got to the Bears. He had more sacks just by himself than the Raiders did as a team. Yes, the Raiders got some good picks out of it, but – I mean, Camille, Khalil Mack is a once-in-a-generation player. Yeah, there's just there's no way I can agree with that. I, I think he's going to continue to improve moving forward. We did we we saw the ridiculous numbers to start the season. He did taper off a little bit towards the end, and I know that was due to a little injury. I don't see any long-term effects from any kind of injury from him. He's not a typical injury-plagued player. I think he'll be great, and he'll complement that defense in a uh, in Chicago fine. Yep. Um, Oakland's going to try and find something else to do. Um, and this is where it's going to start with Quinn. They Williams. got a plethora of picks, and they were talking about earlier this could actually be a trade pick as well right now. Yep, yep. I heard uh, a lot about that. I heard a lot about the Jets at three as well. Um, mm -hmm. Both of them potentially trade options. You know, as far as moving up, do you see anybody that would go to that number three spot, number four spot, maybe that would that would give up something to get? You know, is there somebody there that is worth taking and grabbing right now? Yeah, you know, I mean, Quentin Williams is such a rare talent that I mean, there's probably a few teams that are definitely going to be looking for that pick. If they're if the Raiders are willing to trade it, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know somebody like maybe even the Lions you know yeah move up. They're looking for some interior defensive linemen. They want to make a big splash, so I wouldn't be surprised if you know a team like the Lions would move up and try to get Quentin Williams. Yep. Moving on to five, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the one big <coughs> loss in my opinion in this off season is uh, Quan Alexander going to San Francisco. Yeah. He was a huge part of their defense. He really made it what it was in my opinion. And, you know, with obviously with Jerry McCoy, it was a big help. But uh, I think that was a big loss in veteran leadership. So with my pick, I have been picking up Devin White, the linebacker, coming out of LSU. Burly guy, big guy, fast. He reminds me a lot of Telvin Smith at, as far as a linebacker is concerned. But in that interior position, he's got the wits as well with him. Uh, what are your thoughts on that pick? Two great minds thinking like Wes. I have the same pick right there. I have the uh, Bucks getting Devin White. <clears throat> you know, boy from, the, from LSU, Southern boy. And he, to me, is the best linebacker in the draft. There's no question about it. Thick, fast, can cover the tight ends. Wins his one-on-ones all the time on blitzes against uh, the pass protection. And um, I think it's a great pick. And I think the Buccaneers are going to uh, they're going to love him. You know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Bruce yeah. Arians down there, he's going to take that guy and he's going to run with them. They're creating a different culture down there in Tampa Bay. Um, they bring in two fa female assistant coaches in there with him. Uh, I love that. I think that's great, um, especially when they have the mind and know it all to do it. Don't do it just because. Do it because there's a reason behind it, and these are some smart girls down there. Um, I 
am very forward to doing more research on them. Absolutely. Yep, it's definitely going to be interesting and good for them. Moving on to number six, uh, we're doing our top ten mock draft here with Robbie. My name's Wes on the Extra Point. Um, six, on the Giants, I have us going with Dwayne Haskins. I do too, Wes. And, you know, to me, from all the mocks that I've been seeing, you know, that's the Giants are trying to say that, you know, they haven't worked him out, they're not interested. To me, that's a big smoke screen right there. Yeah. They're, they're definitely going to get a quarterback in this draft. And Dwayne Haskins is a, um, you know, he's – I mean, he's a great passer, well-schooled, wants to learn. Eli Manning can train him, you know, a couple years in the system. And I just think it's a no-brainer pick for them as well. Yeah. My biggest question is if they're going to uh, go with him there or they're going to go with a defensive player there. I heard a lot of rumblings about them potentially, especially from the coaches meeting in Arizona this week, um, about potentially going with a defender in that first pick and picking up whoever's left later on, you know, around 17 when they have their next available pick. Absolutely. I mean, you could have a player that falls, you know, like a Quinn and Williams if he falls, which I don't think he will. Nor do I. And then, um, or even like a Devin White. You know, the Giants this offseason was just horrific for them. New GM, kind of cleaning house. So they could go best available at this position. You never know. Absolutely. Um I'm really interested in the Giants. Uh, I think that their GM, again, like you said, we talked about it pre-show. Um, I think it's a big smokescreen. You know, uh, uh, Pat Shermer was there for the, his pro day, which, I mean, uh, you know, it doesn't put, you know, anything to it. But I think they're going with Dwayne Haskins. I think they like what they saw. I've heard a lot about them liking Drew Locke as well. Um, the question is, are they going to be big enough to walk away from Dwayne Haskins at six if it's still right. there? Yeah, and, you know, just looking at their needs right now, you know, edge rusher, offensive tackle, cornerback quarterback they can really go anywhere they want right here with this pick and uh yeah we'll see but i'm, I'm going with uh dwayne haskins we'll see what happens yep all right number seven you know of course i'm looking forward to this pick my jacksonville pick um looking at that that offense last year you can't help but think they have to go in the direction of there they covered uh their biggest hole which was qb losing blake bortles yep. um Foles. letting him go picking up uh Foles that $88 million contract. Uh, I agree with the contract. I think it was a little much. They were definitely bidding against themselves on that. Um, they wanted to make sure he was paid like a starter, and he was, uh, which will be great for him moving forward. So with that, at number seven, I have them taking Jawan Taylor. He's going to be the right tackle out of Florida. Mm, monster. Monster, monster. And Jacksonville didn't have the worst offensive line the last couple years, but what they did struggle with was injuries. Uh, four of the five offensive linemen starters that they had were on IR before the end of the season. Um, shoddy play sometimes as well because they couldn't get a rhythm going. They're all different players. I'm sure you know from a uh, lineman perspective, not having the same people, not having the same flow yeah. can really affect you. Absolutely. And, you know, I was just uh, reading something yesterday that uh, Leonard Fournette, he's been killing it this offseason. He's looking like an animal right now. I think his body fat is lower than it's ever been. Obviously, he's had durability issues, but you know, I, I think he's going to have a really big bounce back year. And you know, going with left tackle, going with a tackle like uh, Jawan Taylor, that'll definitely help the run game. But for me, on that pick, I actually went. Montez We're different. Sweat. I know. Finally, you know, <laughs> I, I told you guys we didn't do it together. Yes. Yeah, so for my pick, I got Montez Sweat. He's a edge rusher out of Ole Miss. Jaguars are a defensive-minded team. You know, they lost a couple. Didn't they lose a couple guys, Wes, on defense? They uh, did. Um, I remember last year they got Dante Fowler, you know, left. and Yep, Dante Fowler via the trade went to the Rams. You also lost Tayshawn Gibson uh, from the safety position, so they are looking to fill that. Now, they do like uh, – they have a couple in-house players that they do like moving forward, so it'll be interesting to see if they stick with that or go late round with the, yeah. with the safety. Yeah. Um, 
like you said, with Fowler being gone, that's a big edge rusher. Yeah, with Dante um, Sweat, I'm telling you, he's a really tall, long, athletic, quick kid, quick get-off. One of the quickest get-offs I've seen this year in college football. You know, just needs to lower his pad level a little bit, but that's something they'll fix. And he's one of those guys that can also drop back in the coverage. Great he, coverage guy. Yeah, and with Marone being in there, you know, he's definitely a line coach to, you know, through and through. He is going to make sure that he is doing everything in his power to, to make him successful. Yep. And I, I like that pick as well on your end because they're losing depth. You know, you, again, you said Fowler. You lose Malik Jackson to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, you're creating less depth. You've got Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius in the center. You know, they, they're no spring chickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, Calais likes to play in every single position. He's just an animal and, right. and probably the greatest uh, free agent signing in Jags history. Yeah, this um, is a good position for the Jags right here. Yep. You know, if you would have told me they were going to have the number, what, uh, seven? Six pick in the draft going into the season. Yep, seven. I just said you're full of it, you know. Yeah. So they're gonna end up getting themselves a, a day one player from right here in this pick. Yeah, and that's what they really need now. Uh, you'll also have Marquise Lee coming back late preseason. You're gonna have uh, Cam Robinson coming back. All of these injury play players are coming back. Fournette again, like you said, has been busting his butt up in Wisconsin. Barry Church is he out or he leave? Barry he Church, in? he was let go late last he was season. Let go. Okay. Yep. Um. But I, I really like the direction the Jags are going here. This is, a, uh, I don't want to say a make or break year for Marone, but it's definitely a make or break year for David Caldwell, the GM. Yeah, yeah, definitely diff- uh, disappointing season last year for um, us Jags fans down here. Um, that being my second team when I said us. But uh, I think we're going to have a big rebound season, uh, rebound year this year with the Jags. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm excited to watch Bulls play. Mm-hmm. I, I really paid him, but hey, it's a quarterback. Yep. You know, it's a quarterback league. You gotta pay the guy. So yep. it was a no-brainer. Yep, going down there, run-pass option definitely. I see yep. being something part of the future there. Fournette, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, oh man, that could be something dangerous. Looking forward to it. Yep, moving forward, uh, we're going to the Lions now. Uh, Talking extra point here with Wes and Bobby. Uh, the Lions now with them. I looked at their needs. I saw cornerback, tight end, and edges. Their three biggest needs on my chart. Um, yeah, yourself, yeah. same thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, again, disagreement here. I went with Montez Sweat out of, out of uh, Mississippi State. We talked about him already. Uh, I think he's a great defender for that team. I think he'll bring energy and exuberance. Uh, they have good coaches there. Patricia's there. He can definitely help work with them. Freak athlete. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that pick there. I like him going there. What's your thoughts I'm, on that? Uh, that's a great pick. Or you know, I, I mean, I kind of went similar. You know, I did not – obviously, I did not take Montez Sweat, but I went with the local boy, Rashawn Gary. Yep. One of my favorite players in this draft, you know, uh, he's just a powerful, powerful kid. The kid lives in the gym. He's an emotional leader, competitive, huge hitter, versatile. One of my favorite guys, this team, the Lions, they need a spark plug. Uh, future with Matt Stafford is looking very dim right now. So uh, the local boy, Rashawn Gary, is my pick right there, and he's going to be a heck of a player. Yeah, this Lions team, man, I, I just feel like they're always one or two pieces away from being good every year. They are. You yeah. know, you, how much longer do you go with Stafford as well? I, you hear a little bit about Stafford, potentially they're moving on from him. I heard crazy things as far as even trade, getting him getting traded this offseason. Yep, I didn't too. hold any merit to it, but, you know, those are the things that happen when the offseason starts. You, you never know. You just yeah. never know. One of my best buddies down here, Evan, he's a huge Lions fan, and uh, – yeah, he, they're ready for that Stafford era to end, so I would not be surprised this year if you were to see him get shipped off somewhere in, uh, on a trade. Or yeah, Would it be out of the realm of possibility to see them draft a quarterback here? Uh, that's uh, – you never know, Wes. I mean, that's you – know, I mean, a quarterback is going to be their need eventually. Uh, last I saw, it's not a need, but you just never know. You never know with Pat Patricia. I personally think that they might get a quarterback, but further down in the draft. Yeah, fourth second. Or yeah, like yeah, yeah. Okay, absolutely. Um, moving on to nine, we have the Buffalo Bills. What do you got? 
Okay, Buffalo Bills, I went offensive tackle, Jawan Taylor from Florida. There we go. We talked yep. about him earlier. Yeah, our picks are different again. And, uh, I mean, he's a stud, man. Strong, nasty guy. You know, they like, I like him inside, you know, at right tackle. Um, a lot of teams actually like him inside, right? And, uh, but Bills like him at right tackle. You know, you can't go wrong with offensive line. You're getting a guy that's going to be a 10-plus-year player. And uh, the Bills, you know, they need to – they need protection up front. so They need protection up front, and I agree with you on that 100%, although I went with a different player. I went with Andre Dillard out of Washington State, another highly regarded tackle. Big guy. Um, a lot of people consider him a sleeper pick early on, um, overlooked by the bigger picks at the top, like Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, stuff like that, even the Quinnen Williams of the world. Um, I've got him as my second-best offensive lineman coming out. I think he'll do great there. Uh, He's a good player, you know. Me being a Pac-12 guy, you know, we play Washington State every year, and uh, he definitely stood out every time I watched him play. Yep, I, I think I, he's a top ten guy too. Agreed. You know, and ex with the running back team that they have up there, I want to see a lot more ground and pound, especially in Buffalo. Those home games late in December—that's yep. how you win in December, and that's Gritty what they get need. Nasty, you know. Yep. Absolutely. Um, moving on from nine, we're gonna have our last pick of the top ten for that we're doing today. Uh, ten. Who do you got for Denver? Denver Broncos. All right. I took Drew Locke, quarterback out of Missouri. Drew All Locke. lanky kid right there. Uh, interesting situation over there in Denver right now. They know they got Joe Flacco here in the offseason. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Flacco. I just really think that organization with John Elway is just begging. You know, they're just going to keep trying to find that guy. So uh, I took, you know, Drew Locke. He's got good size, 6'4", 225, really quick delivery. Had a lot of wow passes when I saw him playing out of Missouri. Um, very aggressive, which can lead to a lot of turnovers. But I just think that the uh, Broncos are going to go uh, quarterback right here. I think they're just looking for that guy. Yep. What about uh, you, Wes? What you got? Yeah, so I was thinking about quarterback in the first round. I just honestly don't see two quarterbacks going in the top ten. I or I'm sorry, three quarterbacks going in the top ten besides yeah. Murray and Haskins mm -hmm. or what have you. Um, so I went instead with the tight end position, TJ Hawkinson out of Iowa. Love no, that guy. Yep, no question the best tight end in the draft. Absolutely. No question. Um, this guy's big. He can get up. He can block. Um, I don't want to say he's a Gronk, but I maybe classify him as a baby Gronk. You know, it, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, he is uh, without a doubt, you know, the best tight end in this draft. And well, there's a lot of them saying one of the best ones to come out in the last five years. So that's a great pick. Yeah, I mean, if you got to grab, you got to grab an offensive player for Flacco. Flacco, last time when he went to the Super Bowl, he had a good tight end. He has not had a good tight end since, and we have not seen anything there. He's got no exit he strategy. Needs weapons. They don't have that many weapons out there right now, and that'd be a good weapon for him. Yep, him, um, him, and uh, Demarius Thomas would be nice. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, actually, out of uh, Mountain View High School in Virginia, I went yeah. there. I went to school just prior to him. Okay. I think all of them will be great with the uh, the addition of a tight end. You've got a young crew with a veteran uh, quarterback, a Super Bowl champion quarterback. You've got that stout defense led by Von Miller and Chubb. I mean. You could see a revitalization of this team in the AFC West, and with the issues going on in Kansas City with Hill and you know formerly with Hunt, uh, you got the Chargers with uh, Philip Rivers. Is he starting to hit the horizon right. here? You know, it's time um, for him to you know eventually start going down. Right, know, and we don't know that. what's going on with the Raiders at this point. They could finish anywhere from ten and six to you know five and uh, my wild opinion. flip a coin. You're yeah. right. they could go thirteen and three. They could go three and thirteen. That's just such a wild card team. But you're right, though, Wes. Uh, you know, if Joe Flacco can go over there and get, you know, a, a little resurgence in his career, you know, put together one or two good seasons in the team, you can definitely see in the playoffs here in a few years. Yeah, I, I like Denver. I always have liked Denver. I think they're a great team. Uh, I, I like, I love their defense. Uh, I always have. When Absolutely. we brought in Malik Jackson out of there, I was ecstatic. Yep, yep, you know, yep, you, get, was, 
Yep, I was upset when my boys uh, got rid of Demarcus Ware and he went yep. over there. Yep. yep, and he went over there and balled out there as well. Um, that team can do a lot of stuff. I think they need a little more help from Elway. I think Elway needs to do a little bit more work in that front office right. or whoever he's got doing scouting because they need to find a quarterback of the future. And I don't see him going with one in the first round. I just think it's too early. Second round is where I'm going to look for them to take somebody to sit behind Flacco because they're gonna they're gonna he's gonna play the entirety of this contract. I think he's gonna finish this contract out, you know, voiding any kind of injury or anything what like is that, that. Like a two or three year contract. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. I just I don't see I don't see a quarterback in the first for him. Um, that's our top ten that we have so far for you. We're gonna be doing eleven through twenty on our next episode. But for now, we're going to move on. We're going to move on to a couple new plays. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, penalties and reviews that they have changed in the meetings. Um, so the big one is going to be the offensive and defensive pass interference calls can be reviewed by coaches now. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Had to be done. You know, it, it, it just had to be done. Right now, I can tell you one thing, though. Sean Payton didn't sleep when you heard that rule. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You're too late for him. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, that's the reason. You know, I mean, blatant, you know, blatant call that literally cost a team to go to the uh, Super Bowl. Um, it's kind of what the game is nowadays. It's like the catch rule, you know. I mean, you're going to have a lot of controversy in this, but um, it, it just needs to be done. When you have plays like that uh, in the NFC Championship game, when it was a blatant PI that cost them a trip to the Super Bowl, I mean, that needs to be a reviewable play. What do you think, Wes? Um, I agree with you totally. I, it has to be reviewable. Now, they're going to have to find a way to handle this. I know, obviously, with the challenges – I, yeah, I, think they, I think they were saying, what, the, the last two minutes in the first half and the last two minutes of the game that the referees can automatically do that Correct. without the uh, coaches having to throw a red flag out. Yeah, the, the, the big question, I think, and the thing that most people that are against it have is the, the speed of the game. Right. Uh, having these calls happen every time. I don't think it's going to be a big problem. You're just introducing a new reviewable play. You're giving opportunities for that team to you know potentially change their future, get good chances at wins. I don't see it being a big hindrance on the flow of the game. What I would like to see, though, is the addition of potentially a third challenge. Right, right, right. Um, I think with the introduction of another challenge, you you will see more teams going for these crazy calls or what they may think be, might be a, a good call. Um, continue with the, if you get all three correct, hey, give them a fourth. You know, they've obviously earned it. Obviously, right. And then you're always going to have that controversy where, like, you know, they're going to throw the challenge flag because he got bumped in the shoulder. It should have been offensive pass interference or defensive pass interference. The referee's not going to do it. But, you know, for the blatant ones like we saw in the NFC Championship game, uh, this rule will come in handy there. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think we're implementing that this year, right? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be taking uh, taking uh, <clears throat> taking effect this year immediately. Um, and the other one that's going to be taking effect this year immediately is going to be no legal blindside blockings whatsoever. Uh, thoughts on that, being up front, man? Uh, you know, uh, if you would have asked me this about 10 years ago, I would have been going crazy. But, you know, the game has changed. Player safety is something that's really big. And, you know, I get it. You know, me being a high school football coach, uh, you know, some of those unnecessary blocks that are away from the ball, you know, they, they you know, they're, they're kind of unnecessary. And, you know, the crackbacks are, you know, it's a dangerous hit. It's a dangerous sport nowadays. These players are so big, they're so fast, and they're so strong. You know, when they uh, when they go and they put a hit like that on one of these um, receivers or DBs, you know, if you got a linebacker putting a hit on one of those guys, you know, you can really get him injured. I mean, heck, look, last year we had uh, Schuster Smith, you know, put one of those blocks on. I forget who it was on the defensive tackle, you know, knocked him out cold on a little crackback. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's I'm more of a old-school guy where, you know, knock their helmet off, this and that. But, you know, the game has changed. And for how the game is right now, you know, sure. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Wes? What do you think? 
this one, you know, I thought about it. I really did. I'm not too. I'm not against it. I have no problem with it now. Again, like you said, see, ten it, years see, ago. It all depends, though. If it's like really far off of where the play is, right? I get it. But if you're talking about something, you know, where, you know, the ball carrier is kind of close, where you know there's a possibility where he can make the tackle, right? Then there could be consequences right. there. And then, then, then that would lead you to the question of where will then where's the line? Right. Um, exactly. I think this is going to be one of those things they introduced that was needed. Um, it was definitely essential to the game. I don't know how much I'm going to see it enforced. Right, I think I'm going to see right. a lot of it in the preseason, and then it's going to disappear when the regular season starts, just like the pass interference calls last year. And with the roughing the passers Correct. last year, remember in Correct. preseason they were just you were touching the quarterback, they were throwing flags, and then they kind of let that slide there towards uh, the end of preseason going into the season. Yeah, I, I I don't see there being a big issue with this moving forward once it comes into effect and once the refs start mandating all of these. I don't see a big change in in the flow of the game. From let me this. ask you this one question too, uh, Wes. The committee also voted on um, do teams in overtime should they both teams get possession of the ball even if the other team goes down there and scores a touchdown. What do you think about that? I like it. Um, I like that both teams get a shot and it's not determined by fate of a coin flip, right? Which it shouldn't be. Uh, you give both teams a shot. The first team goes down, they score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You get an opportunity to tie that up. Then next score wins, right? Right. Um, or your team goes down, field score hits a field goal, a touchdown will win it, and a field goal again. You go back to the next score wins as well. Yeah, I think the committee shut that down, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that implemented here in the next couple of years. Because, you know, you got these big playoff games with a team that gets the ball first. They go down. They kill the clock. They drive. Yep. And, you know, granted, hey, they earned it. They moved down the field and scored a touchdown. Right. And the other team had their opportunities to stop them. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if down the road that in that situation the other team would get the ball back. Too. In the big game that obviously made them talk about that was going to be the Patriots and Chiefs game, you yep. wanted to see Mahomes come back out. You yep. wanted to see Mahomes get yep. that W. He was playing great. I mean – if, if that rule was implemented last year, do you think the Patriots still walk away with that game? As much as I want to say no, um, I, I think they probably still would walk away with that game. The Patriots just find a way to win. That's just kind of what they do. You know, um, but it would have been fun to see. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been fun to see. Yeah. yeah, that two monster offenses going at it. I mean, it yeah. was just a fun game to watch. I enjoyed watching it. I'm not a Patriots fan by any means, but I definitely enjoyed watching it. Absolutely. It was a great yeah, game. Yeah, I can respect a, the yeah, game. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so we've talked about all that. Next thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about some free agents. Uh, we discussed some of the, the free agents that are still available. Um, I have the list up in front of me right here. Who is the, in your opinion, the best free agent still available? Still available right now? Um me being a defensive guy, I'll be honest with you, I gotta say Ziggy Ansah. You know, I'm surprised he's not signed right now. I mean, you're talking about a guy that can get after the ball. Yeah, Ziggy Ansah. I'm shocked he's not on the roster yet. I know he's gone to a bunch of different teams and talked to them as far as trying to get in there. It's got to be money that it's come down to because this is a phenomenal player. Right. I think he's been shadowed being in Detroit, a team that's not as successful. I think if you put him on a roster where he's needed or where he could be a, you know, maybe that final piece, he'd be a Pro Bowl every Pro Bowler every year. No question. What about you, Wes? What do you think? Um, I like the Ziggy Anza one. I mm-hmm. really do. Um, I like Trey Boston. Safety. Uh, Trey Boston, Eric Berry as well. Mm-hmm. I know Eric Berry. Eric Berry is kind of uh, somebody you're afraid of, mainly because of the injuries. Yeah, kind of, you know, uh, been in the, year, the league for about nine years going on right now. I was actually hoping my Cowboys would get him for cheap since we weren't going to be able to pay uh, 
Thomas. Earl, yeah, Earl, Thomas, Earl Thomas. Yeah, we did not have the money to afford Earl I, Thomas. So. I could have told. I could have sweared up and down Earl Thomas was going to be a cowboy. Oh man, one. he wanted it. Man, he's been he talking did. about it. He moved his family there. I thought for sure Jerry was going to make that happen, but we just didn't have the money. You know, not to get off topic, but we got to pay Zeke coming up. We got to pay Zach Martin. Uh, Dak, got to pay Dak, you know, so we're yeah, kind of out of that. And for the deal that he got, I mean, is that, do you find the Ravens, do you feel the Ravens overpaid for him? Uh, yeah. I mean, Big time. I, I think free, I think everybody kind of overpaid for a lot of players in free agency, you know, like, I mean, even like you being a Jax fan, the, you know, the Eagles, they gave Foles a whole bunch of money, but that's, to me, that's a different situation. Yep. A quarterback is a quarterback. Nick Foles has won the Super Bowl. He's proved it. He's going to get paid. You know, he's going to get paid. But you have guys like um, Landon Collins, you know, yes. box safety. Box safety. He's getting $88 million, you know, so. And, and stuff like that, that makes your, your primetime cornerbacks, your Jalen Ramseys of the world. They um, love it. I'm sure oh, Jalen they're was licking smiling their when that happened. Oh, he put a tweet out immediately. said, thanks, appreciate it. They're paying box safeties. This next, I can't wait. my turn. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Well, good thing for your Dallas Cowboys is moving on to next year. The number one team in cap space right now at 116 million. It's early, of course, mm-hmm. but they're looking they're looking good coming up. A lot of players to sign, yep, though. Got to sign a lot. Of, sign a lot of our players. Yep. Um, and Dominic Sue, what do you think about him? He's still out there, but he, I, they have him in this list right here as the number one top free agent. I'm not really. I don't. I'm not sold on that. You yep. know. I mean, I think he's kind of tapering off in his career, and you know, I don't know if he's demanding a whole bunch of money or whatnot, but. The Rams yep. got rid of him for a reason, I guess. You know. Yeah, this, uh, the, of course, this uh, what we're looking at is going to be sportingnews.com by Vinny uh, Liar. That's going to be his his personal opinion on what it, what it is. I don't have Indomitian Sue number one, period. No. I have Ziggy Ants one of the best available. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree. And, and Trey Boston, Boston, too. too. Well, yeah. Very uh, very mm-hmm. close to it. Yeah. Look, hey, there's a J.I. out there, too. You know, any yep. team that wants to have a solid third down back right now. T.J. Yeldon. Not to get off topic too much, but with Sue, I I just don't see him going on a team. He, there's going to be too much money that's that's going to be wanted by that all, by that uh, right. player. And the production's down lately. I mean, uh-huh. as much as you see it, the production's down. And I think a lot of his success last year with the Rams was due to Aaron Donald and that that defensive front. I mean, when yep. you have Aaron Donald next to you, I don't care who you are, mm-hmm. you're going to get openings. Absolutely, he demands all the attention. So I, I mean, I was expecting Dominic Sue to go in there and shine and. At the end of the day, he really didn't make the plays they expected him to. Yeah, uh, I mean, going down this list, I'm looking a little bit further. I'm not seeing a whole lot that I'm I'm crazy invested in, or I I would see. I see a Chris up. Hogan on that list, but is he a system guy? Correct. You know, that's another yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, you look at Danny Amendola. He went down to Miami and did what? Nothing. Right. right. You know, he now he's up in Detroit with Patricia trying to spark something because his, he's cut his ties with New England after a few comments he made at the end of last season. Right. Uh, I. I a Muhammad Wilkerson, good good pass rusher. Am I gonna go running after him? No, no, no. A lot of these guys might be hanging around until camp. You know, they go picked up at camp when yep. the injuries fall. Correct, camp, regular season yep. injuries start to play a factor. That's when you're gonna see these guys getting signed. And I, I'd go as far as to say, as far as a bold prediction, I don't see Indomie Kinsu getting signed before the regular season. I don't either. I think somebody will pick him up when an injury happens up front, and you know, let let his value go down right now, and then somebody will probably pick him up right before the season starts. Absolutely. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back in just one moment. Thank you. Wanted to give a quick shout-out to Scott at the Cork and Pint located in European Village. Uh, European Village in Palm Coast, a one-stop destination for all things dining, lounging, shopping, and entertainment, featuring six restaurants, six shops, five bars, three offices, and two cafes. Um, thank you very much to Scott over there. We really appreciate you, and we will be filming there live once we get our uh, little kinks here knocked out. Look forward to seeing you there. 
All right, we're back, getting ready to wrap up this first podcast. You have fun today, bud? I did. I had a great time, man. Yeah. How about you? Oh, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this a lot in the future. A lot yeah. in the future, and can't wait to actually get Look on location and do Look life. to see us getting about one out a week for right now, Wes. Isn't that the goal? Yep, I'm trying to get one out a week for us, hopefully on Fridays at the latest, uh, until we get a little bit of the uh, hiccups, as you, as you would say, out of the way. We'll be doing uh, pre-recordeds. Uh, Live we'll, broadcasting at the European Village. We'll be Shout out to my man Scott at the Cork and Pint. He's going to let us set up center stage once we get going. Yep, I'll be putting uh, pictures up on the website, uh, on Facebook, and Twitter as far as where we will be at. Uh, pictures of the Cork and Pint as well. Really appreciate y'all listening. But before we wrap up, let's get a uh, let's get a couple division winners. A what do you think? Prediction action, yeah. huh? Okay. Yeah. So what are you thinking about the AFC North? Now we the have Cleveland. AFC North. We have Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I'm, probably not. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I'm gonna go with the Browns. You going know? with the land. It's either gonna be a three and thirteen year or <laughs> a thirteen and three season. But I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go with Cleveland. I think that those fans, they deserve it, man. I think their time is now. They made a whole bunch of moves. Comes down to quarterback play. Yep. You know? so it really does. They got, like, gave him the weapons. So let's see what happens. But I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with Cleveland. What I'm going to. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. I love what Cleveland's doing. I think Freddie Kitchens is a good coach, but he needs a little more work in the, in the, uh, in the NFL. He's never been a head coach before. Yep. I think they're about a year away, maybe two. Yeah. They're gonna, it's going to take them a year to get everything together, and then they'll be there. My pick is the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. I like what I saw from Lamar Jackson. Of course, he did slip up a little bit towards the end of the year. But having him there, having a defender like Earl Thomas that can talk to him about things to avoid, things to look out for, I think it's going to be really good for him. Harbaugh is a great coach. I love the Baltimore Ravens as a franchise. I think they're a very good franchise. I see them winning that division in a close race. I think yeah. it's a three-man race in there. I think Pitt, yeah, Pittsburgh's going to be gonna, tight. Yeah, Pittsburgh's going to stumble a little bit, but I think they'll be okay. Mm -hmm. I'm right. really looking for uh, the Ravens. Correct. Yeah. I'm I mean, they lost C.J. Mosley, but you know that defense is always stout. And um, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's I think he's going to be a stud. I agree. All right, uh, let's go AFC West. AFC West. Um, I'm going to go back with the Chiefs. You know, uh, dynamic playmakers. Pat Mahomes is a freak. Tyreek Hill is a freak. Um, defense is solid. Plays this whole season? Uh, I don't know. I heard he might be in a little trouble right now too. Yep. I don't know if there's what's going on with that. But um, if he does, you know, you obviously got to, you know, to me one of the stud best, if not the best receiver in football, fastest guy for sure. Um, Pat Mahomes. I'm gonna go with a repeat. All right. Um, I'm thinking uh, we're getting towards the end of this guy's career, Philip Rivers. I like the Chargers. I think they're they've come a long way. They have Bosa and Ingram on defense. You got Melvin Gordon on offense. He's just starting to hit his stride too. He's getting good. His mom's wearing his jersey now. She wouldn't wear his jersey until he started doing good. Now yeah. he's doing good and she's wearing it. Um, Hunter Henry, I really like at the tight end position. He got beat up last year. He'll be backing better this year. Um, Philip Rivers, he's just he he will not give up. And I need to see this guy win. I got him he winning. He deserves it. Yep. He deserves it. He deserves it, but I think he'll uh, I think he'll do it as well. I think the Chiefs are going to run into some issues. Oakland's a complete toss-up. And Denver, again, they're looking good. I don't think Flacco's the answer for them long-term, but I, I think they'll improve this year based on last year's numbers. Okay. Um, I do have the Chargers winning that division. All right. What about the AFC East, West? Who do you got? So the AFC East is kind of a no-brainer. It's definitely going to be the uh, – 
it's definitely going to be the Patriots taking this division. They're going to walk away. Until Tom Brady and Bill Belichick aren't in this offense anymore, they're going to win the division every single year. I mean, you know, they always have the benefit of being in that division. They're, all they have to do is win one game, and they're in the AFC playoffs. So <laughs> Exactly, and I, I think that's one that's pretty obvious to most fans right now. The Patriots are going to walk away with that division. Yeah. AFC South, who do you have? And the AFC South, I'm going with the Colts, you know. I uh, – you know, I think Andrew Luck out of injury. Uh, I think he's healthy now. Uh, they got great offensive line. They got a fabulous offensive line. Um, I'm gonna roll with the Colts. I really like what they're doing up there in Indianapolis. And uh, yeah, I'm going Colts. What about you, Wes? And, and 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 to put bias aside, I mean, I'm a Jags guy all the way to the end, and I, yeah. I think they're gonna get this division back. And I, I hope you're right, Wes. You know me, man. You turn me into a Jags fan, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, I, I hope you're right. I just. Um, Man, the Colts are tough right now. We'll see. The Colts are tough. I have the Jags with Nick Foles now in the offense. I have him as the third best quarterback in that division. I think Watson's still a beast right now. And Luck is definitely far and beyond the best quarterback in that division. He's just a monster. He's just their offensive line is what gets me right yeah. now. they got a great offensive line. Absolutely. They, but the Jags are definitely going to be competing in that division. There's no question. Yep. It's going to be competitive division I, this year. I think this is going to be the best division in football in this year. Um, I agree. You know, a lot of times I like to say it's the NFC East. Um, Dallas, New York, all of them. New York's not going to be an issue this year. Right. Washington, I don't see Case Keenum doing much. He doesn't have a lot of uh, weapons. Right, you or know. if it's Colt McCoy, you know, I just don't see – yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, so I, I think the AFC South is going to be the best division. Uh, so we've done the AFC. Let's move on to the NFC. NFC North, who do you got? NFC North. All right, so we had the, Bear, uh, the Bears won it last year. Correct. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that we're going to see a uh, resurgence of Kirk Cousins, and I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. Kirk yeah. Cousins. I like Kirk Cousins. I think he has issues in the clutch, um, but that's a great roster there. It they is. can get They can get started quick, get five or six wins out the gate. Get Dalvin Cook going, you know, then uh, we'll see what happens. You know, exactly Stephon right. Diggs. They had a disappointing season last year, but I'm just going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to roll with the Minnesota Vikings. Thinking uh, early on, I, I really wanted to go with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is just a stud. There's nothing else you can say about him. At the end of the day, he can't do it all. He doesn't have all the weapons. He lost right. Cobb. He's no longer there. Yeah. Uh, he went to da- your, your Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I've got to go with Chicago to repeat. Chicago is just Tough. such a nasty team. Tough. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, their weapons are beyond belief. Uh, I like Allen Robinson. He didn't put up the numbers I expected him to based on the contract, but he's still a great player. Trubisky's, I think he's going to be a stud quarterback, you know. He's, I really do. He's starting to come into his own. He was one of the ones that I doubted along. And I, I, did, this, I did, too, during yep. the draft. I thought he was going to be a dud, but I, yep. I kind of see the potential. Yep, it's there. The defense, you know, your leader on defense is Cleo Mack. Best linebacker that they've had there, in my opinion, since Brian Urlacher. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I, I, I'm excited to watch this team play. And, you know, doing this podcast now, I'm going to take a lot more time to stare and really appreciate each team and what they do. Right, right. I agree, Wes. Yep. So what are we moving on to next? Let's go to the NFC South. Who you got, Wes? NFC South. I got to go with Drew Brees and them Saints. They are going to come marching in. They are going to come back with a vengeance. Sean Payton is fuming after last year. Drew Brees, if they win the Super Bowl this year, which I could see them as one of my early sleeper picks to get up there, not too much of a sleeper really, but him, Michael Thomas, um, you've got Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram did leave. He ended up going to the uh, Ravens. Ravens, correct. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have him anymore, but I think Kamara can handle a lot of the load. Stud. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I got them stealing this division. And a lot of times this division is known for turnaround. You'll usually see the fourth-place team come and take it. I don't see that being the case this week, this year. No, me neither, Wes. I'm going with the Saints as well, you know. And uh, 
hopefully, Sean Payton's last year before he becomes a Cowboy coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, we'll see how that pans out. There are rumors out there, but we'll talk about that another time. Absolutely. But absolutely, I think, you know, um, they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder after, you know, that tough loss to the Saints, or I'm sorry, to the Rams last year. Yeah. Unfortunate call. Um, I, just, I think they're just going to roll through the division and they're going to be storming heavy into the playoffs. And I, I see them as a possible uh, Super Bowl contender for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, they could be a favorite. Yep. I think we're yeah. We're going to move on to the NFC West now. NFC West. Who you got, West? I got the Rams. Um, Sean McVay speaks for himself. He's the smartest coach in the league outside of Bill Belichick. Uh, he, he, he can read these, these teams like nobody else. He can bring stuff verbatim from his days with the Redskins. He's the future. He I is. I can't believe the Redskins let a guy like that go. Yep, yep. You, you, you see what they have coaching-wise, and it's not a knock on Gruden whatsoever, but McVay's just in a, on a tier of his own right now. Absolutely. I'm going, I'm going with the Rams as well. You know, there's a, some issues, you know, with Todd Gurley possibly with the uh, arthritis in his knee. I don't know how serious that is. But, um, you know, kind of with that division, San Fran is, you know, they're a couple years away. Seahawks are kind of, you know, they're going to be in the thick of things. But I'm going to roll with the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. Love yeah. McVay. Yeah, Great absolutely. Coach. Great coach. And saved it for last for you, the NFC East. Um, I got to th- I gotta think you're going with the Cowboys here. Yo, you know I'm going with the Cowboys. And, uh, I mean, you just – you know, like what we showed last year, you know, we uh, we kind of as long as we got Zeke healthy, you know, we're gonna be winning ball games. You know, we got a good offensive line. Zeke is a beast. Defense is gonna be stout, hopefully. You know, as far as Lawrence comes back, um, Dak. You know, we we'll see what happens with Dak. We got help on the receiving core. We're getting Randall Cobb. Got traded for Amari Cooper last year. Jason Witten coming back. That's huge. Jason Witten coming back. How do you think that's going to play as far as oh, an impact? I love it, man. I mean, he's not going to go out there and burn you for 75 catches and 13 touchdowns. But just having him out there, great blocker, great team leader. I mean, he's just going to bring a spark that that we need. You know, we got a lot of young guys out there that are leading the team. So bringing a Jason Witten back, maybe he'll be uh, well-rested, obviously. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, he's a – Perfect check down guy for Dak. And uh, I see my Cowboys winning that division. Yep. What about you, Wes? I got to go with the Dallas Cowboys, too. Um, you look at that division, I think Philly's going to take a small step back. I think they lost mm-hmm. a lot in Foles. I don't think in transition he's going to blow up in Jacksonville. But I think in that system, he was fantastic. I think Wentz is a great player. I just want to see him down the stretch, and I want to see healthy. I agree with you. You know, Wentz, you know, his rookie year, everybody was talking about this guy being the next one. Um, I don't see it right now. I think this is a really big year for Carson Wentz, you know. Yep. They got rid of a quarterback that won them a Super Bowl. Yep. And um, they're rolling with the guy they drafted, which which is cool. I get it. But um, we're going to see. This is a big year for him. This is a big year for that franchise, in that my is. opinion. Uh, is. You can't. You can't say anything else about them. I think Dallas is going to give them a run for their money. I don't think the Giants will have any play. I see them going three and thirteen. Right, Redskins, I, are Redskins. Have some tough, you know, the quarterback situation there is. Uh, it's very tough there for right. the Washington Redskins. They're and they're covered in cap issues as well. Uh, it's it's far and away Dallas for me, and yeah. I, I'm excited to watch them play as well. I love watching Zeke run. I yeah, really do. Old school football, you know. Yep. We don't get to see it that much anymore, so. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll do our we'll do our, uh, division, our division and um, AFC and Super Bowl uh, predictions here down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. Once, once right we now. get past the draft, we'll talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Just want to get some a little bit more information. Once the stand teams right go into mini camp, you know, get those players 
out there, the young boys dressed up. Yeah, we want to try and do a couple live locate on locations at Jacksonville. We're really close to the stadium there. Uh, maybe we can set up outside the stadium, talk a little pre uh, absolutely pre regular season, some preseason action, and then there hopefully maybe set up in a couple places around here. Like I said, we're going to be setting up over at uh, Scott so Cork and Pint in the European Village. Maybe we can talk to Brass Tap. That's kind of like the little central headquarters here in town for the Jaguars. They got a nice little stage there. Yeah. Maybe we can do some pre-gaming over there. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for what it has to come. You know, great year to start. We're starting an NFL year 100. How about that? Yeah. And it's great. You know, you Our got first podcast, something that we've been talking about, you know, getting back on the, getting on the radio. When, what a time to do it with the 100th season of the NFL. Absolutely. We wanted to get with Robbie Golding today. Unfortunately, we didn't have enough time. We'll catch up with him next week. We really appreciate you all listening to The Extra Point. Again, you can follow us on Facebook or on Twitter. We will expand to more social media platforms as it comes. We Again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Bye.